<laughs> Look, I can't help you guys unless you say very specifically what you want. I need a hard offer of money for sex! Hard. Damn it! Please don't blow it! Are you interested in paying cash for sexual intercourse? Is that what you want? <laughs> sexual intercourse. <laughs> Damn it, Linda, that's entrapment! Hey, check it out, this chick really wants it! I've never seen anything like this! Coming to you from beautiful upstate New York, this is the Slam Tilt Podcast, a show about all things pinball. I'm your host, Ron Hallett, here with my co-host, Bruce Nightingale. Hello. Wow, that's rather, um, that doesn't have your usual energy. What's going on? Um, I'm here. I'm here. We're just an hour behind. We're an hour behind. Well, there's a reason for that. Not yet. First, this is episode 105, Captain America Civil War. Great movie. So that's a great movie. Okay. Yes, yes. So you'd recommend that one to me? Yes, I would. Are, are there any Marvel movies you wouldn't recommend to me? Yeah, a couple. Like the first Incredible Hulk's a bad one. A couple others. But yeah, that this one is a, a thumbs up from Bruce. But we have to start thinking about the new batch of movies now. We need to go to another genre. Well, maybe our guest can help us because it's the Monday after the Northwest Pinball Championships. And you know what that means? Ooh, who's the, who's who won that? It's the normal winner of the tournament, and we always have him on after he wins. It's Raymond Davidson. Welcome. <laughs> hey, guys. It literally hey. is a tradition. I texted Bruce today, and it's like, you know Raymond won again, right? Like, yeah. Like, did you ask him to be on yet? Come on. <laughs> I mean, this is just, this is a normal thing now. Yes, and I asked him, and he said, of course, and boom, four hours later, five hours later, we're rocking with Raymond. Yeah, Bruce gets results, man. He makes things happen. Everyone loves Raymond. So is that the title? I think I've used that as a title before. Probably the first time we had him on. Really? I'm okay. guessing. Yeah. I've, I've exhausted so many titles now, I actually have to go to our website and like search to make sure I don't reuse something. Ah, well. Would anybody call you out on that, though? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there are there are people who would call us out on that. You know you use that already. Like the really short episode I was going to call like a quick one, and I noticed we already used that, so I called it another quick one. <laughs> and Bruce, did you notice something about our website? Nope. Did you notice what we don't have anymore? Nope. Podcast right Garden is dead, Jim. Dead, Jim. It's dead. I deleted our account. We're gone. We're off. We're done. Wow. Did you back up all those podcasts? Uh, well, I already have them backed up. Okay. And they're, they're all on our site now, which they weren't all accessible on Podcast Garden. They had issues with some of the earlier ones. And on top of that, a couple of weeks ago, we had a mail asking about um, Google Podcasts, the fact that it wasn't updating. Yes, Joe was. And I was confused as to why there's no, you know, I, I couldn't, I downloaded the app, but you couldn't plug RSS feeds in and all that. It's because it's it's a new thing Google's doing where they basically just like, they crawl the sites. And if it's a podcast site, they just grab the podcast from it. And that's how they're doing it. So they were grabbing it from Podcast Garden, which ah. we stopped updating after page, you know, after the 99th, I think episode 99. Okay. Oh. So I'm hoping by deleting that, and now that when you Google our Slam Till podcast, our website is the first thing that comes up. I'm hoping that that will start to work now. I don't know. I just use the iPhone, iTunes, I, I whatever 
thing. You got it. Yeah, and the funny thing is, a lot of the, a lot of the droid podcatchers, you know, droid. Guess what they use? They use the iTunes list anyway, which is funny. It is. So, how was everyone's weekend? How was going, Raymond? What'd you do? You do anything this weekend? Oh yeah, I um, I helped uh, set up a bunch of games and um, running, making tournament decisions, and all the sort of fun running around uh, this weekend at the bowling alley. There was a pinball tournament going on, and uh, then I ended up playing in it, and I won it. Ooh. Was it the same location as last year? Yep, the old Linwood Bowling Skate. This is the Northwest Pinball Championships, and uh, what game did you bring? Or games? Uh, the dialed in Metallica and Guardians were mine, but I will have you know, uh, I only played dialed in in the finals, and I got second on it. I got first on Shadow and Adam's Family. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> All right. And it looks like there was a bunch of there was the there was a classics division, a rookie division, a women's division, and then the open division. Yeah, we actually had a great great turnout this year. People were really interested in the rookie division. We had a lot of people putting in entries the whole time. Uh, Women's had like 23 people, and the Classics had like 90 people as well. And that was only a top 16 cutoff, which was pretty brutal. I'm looking at the rookie finals, and I see one of the coolest names I've ever seen. Flash Hayes. (laughs) Yeah, he's a local Seattleite. Is that his real first name? (laughs) Flash. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) I've always wondered that. Is his brother's name Purple? Okay, that was bad. That <laughs> was or really Flash bad. Gordon. Well, then it would be a different last name. Oh, sure, Bruce. Sure. Flash Gordon Hayes. You never know what it is. Now, I think the joke Ron was trying to make is, you know, his brother Purple Hayes. Yes, you ever I met know. him? Yes. What I'm talking about, maybe his name is Flash Gordon Hayes, and then you really get the perfect one. Okay, Bruce. Wait a minute. I recognize all these rookies' names. Are you sure they're rookies? They were, I think, ranked over 1,000. Oh, so it's over 1,000? Yeah. Could you get in that, Bruce? Are you a rookie? Nope, I'm not a rookie. Fails on both of us. So we had the uh, we had the women's finals. Let's go to the winners. Uh, see, I don't want to butcher some of these names. So, But you will. Oh, no, hopefully Raymond can help me with this. The winner was Brooke. Uh, yeah. Nope. Uh, uh, nope. Oh. <laughs> okay, B-O-R-C-H-E-R-D-I-N-G. I'm not even going to try to say it. So congratulations, Brooke, for the victory. Yeah, I think we just all call her Brooke. And mm-hmm. there's only like one Brooke around here, so. And what did she win? She won, I think, $500. Nice. Cool. Yeah, it was a pretty big uh, women's pool. And what did the uh, rookies win? I think it was just $100, maybe maybe $200. Then we had the classics, which we got, uh, looking here, we got all the big names. All the big names. And the winner of the classics, which was cool because it came down to a tiebreaker. On Old Chicago, one of my favorite EMs. I was so mad. I'll, I'll get to that, but yeah, go oh, on. Oh, uh-oh, uh-oh, he was so mad. Okay. <laughs> Robert Canyo defeated Chris Chin. So uh, what what were you going to say about the Old Chicago? That I was super mad I didn't get to play it in finals because I was in group four, and so I got to choose or not choose the uh, three games that nobody else wanted to play, including me. And basically just shat the bed and got eliminated. But then I got to go home, take a nap, watch the women's finals on stream, and come back ready to crush open. So it worked out. People that don't know, the uh, format 
where there's four groups and the groups ahead of you pick a game and then you get locked out of picking your games. Mm-hmm. And I had put up 200,000 on that old Chicago. I was ready to crush and I didn't get to pick it all three games because the groups ahead of me all picked it. Yeah, you got to play hot dogging. Yeah. <laughs> he took a zero. That's why he uh, doesn't sound very happy at Paragon. Yeah, I mean, I could actually play Paragon. I was going to pick that game, and I, I won it, so that was fine. And someone got a one, which I assume something happened there, or they screwed up the score. Played out of order. Uh, oh. hate when that happens. Yeah. Yep. Then we have Skateball. Yeah, I have a curse. If you ever want to beat me on a game, just take me to Skateball, because I'm 0 for 3. I lost to Josh Sharp on it at a Papa tiebreaker, lost in Edmonton in the Classics Finals on it, and got absolutely destroyed again in the Classics Finals. So something about that game in tournaments, it just it does not agree with me. Writing that down, pick Skateball. Okay. Break <laughs> Skateball and then pick against him. <laughs> and these um, Bally's, were you doing the, uh, the Player 1-3 stuff? Tilt-throughs no, and no, all we, that seems to be popular. Okay. There, weren't, there weren't any tilt-throughs. Yeah, it's weird because I was talking with um, – we had Stomp this weekend, which we'll get into. Our own Scott C. was there, and he was somewhat confused because he, he has written or he has modified versions of all the Bally code that has tilt-through protection or whatever you want to call it. I don't know exactly what it does, but it prevents the tilt-throughs. I think it probably makes it like the Stern games where you can't tilt-through. I, I didn't realize there was versions like that out there. Yeah, I had no idea. So then we get to the, uh, well, let's see who won Classics. All right, I already said that. Sorry. Robert Gagneau. Robert Gagneau. He was actually my prediction to to sweep. I thought he was going to win Classics and Open before any of it started, and he won Classics, and I was like, yep, here we go. And uh, he probably would have won Open if it weren't for a little, uh, let's say, Celestial Interference. I, I don't know. What would you call it? It was a... Uh, Celestial interference. (laughs) Okay, what happened? This event, the the tiebreaker that happened. Yeah, I'm looking at the tiebreaker. He lost to Chad. He lost. uh, Robert Gagneau had one million one hundred thirty thousand six hundred seventy-one. Chad had one million one hundred thirty-three thousand three (laughs) hundred forty-one. Yikes! So he lost by wow, less than three thousand. Yeah, it was pretty. Pretty absurd, but yeah, Chad was was killing it. You know, Robert had 150,000 of his points from a mystery award, <laughs> which people were going crazy in chat and like the Twitch chat, and uh, you know, people were like, "Oh, this game, why isn't it not tournament standard? The locks and the rom and the mysteries." And it's like, well, that that's the fun of it. It was the most fun thing to watch ever because of that. You know. So in the finals, we had Raymond Davidson, Kaylee. Colin Urban and Chad. Okay, how do you say his last name? Brew Brewhog, Brewhog. Uh, yeah, I think Brewhog. Brewhog. Okay, there you go. And you guys got to play the Shadow. Dialed in. You were probably liking that. And the Adams family, with Raymond taking first on Shadow, second on Dialed in, and then another first on Adams family, for ten points in the victory. Woo! Woo! With Kaylee second, Colin third, and Chad fourth. So basically in the same order that it's listed here on the... Uh... Yeah, it was actually funny. If, if Robert would have advanced to the finals, the final four would have just been seeds one, two, three, and four. Yikes. And, uh, and I wouldn't have got game pick, so... 
So when's your WWLE coming for you this time? <laughs> the WWELE. So what was the uh, the the take home for the open final? Twenty nine hundred eighty dollars. So basically three thousand bucks. So you could buy a WWELE. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah I mean kidding. you're probably not too far off there. Yeah, maybe not a limited edition. Maybe just the standard new in box pro. I wonder how many LEs they have. Well. Elwin told me they have a whole like more more than one. <laughs> like, oh. So how, how do you feel about that? Knowing that all your hard earned victories will turn into WWE in the future. <laughs> well, I mean, it's still winning something, right? So do you have like multiple boxes sitting somewhere with these in it? No, I I I, I turned mine around as soon as I wanted. It never even went through my garage. It just got shipped straight to the buyer. Smart man. Smart man. So I see dialed in here. How's your dialed in been treating you? Did you end up taking the protector off? We did take the the SIM card hole protector off, and I honestly can't tell you if it made a difference. I, I think it made a little bit of a difference because I did, and I think even on stream, I saw a couple of direct shots into the SIM card hole, which were very rare with the protector on because it. I had the protector that shipped with it. It wasn't like an actual cliffy. It was whatever Jersey Jack put on their first runs, and it was pretty thick, pretty beefy. So I think taking that off um, definitely helped a little bit. Yeah, I have the cliffy, and I never can hit that stupid hole. Did you take yours off? I took the factory one off and then put the cliffy one on, and I'm debating whether to take that one that one off because I've had I played two dial-ins now without the protector, not including the prototype. I played. One at uh, Pintastic, the New England show, and I played the one at Pinburg. And it's like a completely different game. Like yeah. At least the ones I played. Literally, it would just, anywhere near the sim hole would fall in. Yeah, you get that sweet um, big bang combo, like to finish a mode and straight into the hole. Yeah, that's actually what I did at Pinburg. Literally, I hit the big bang and went right into the hole. That's, <laughs> it's that's so why satisfying. I won. The yes. other satisfying one is beating Meteor Storm with that left target into the hole. You had the um, trap door issue also. Uh, eventually, yeah, when I first got it, it was working fine, and I just sort of tuned out all the, you know, oh, you're going to have trouble with your trap door because it's a, they shipped it wrong. I'm like, oh, whatever, you guys just must have got bad apples. But then it happened, it started happening to me, and sure enough, I, I looked up your little YouTube video, and it perfectly explained um, what I needed to do, and I uh, just did the bendy of the tab thing, and then it worked. And it should continue to work. There should be no more issues with that. It's pretty Great. reliable. Uh, so, any other games have you picked up lately? What, what's what's in your collection at this point? Uh, right now, I the newest game I have is Iron Maiden Pro, which I uh, basically that was the WWEle that I turned into that. Been playing that a lot. That's my favorite game right now out of my collection. Iron Maiden is just so so fun, and every game is like different, and it's just it's long playing, but I don't feel like it's long playing like. I'll start a game and I feel like I can get places quickly. Like if I can just start a fear of a dark and like crank it up with scoring, like it doesn't feel like a grind like Simpsons where you have to set everything up and it takes a while and then you get to the fun part. It's like fun right away, which is is amazing. So uh, enough praising Iron Maiden. I have Iron Maiden. I have uh, Lord of the Rings, which is a grind, but I just love that game. You know, triple jackpot seven. It's just such good call-outs. I've never heard that one, by the way. 
I actually have a funny story about that. I've never, I, I might have done it maybe once, but I distinctly remember I was at Full Tilt in Ballard at the right around time of IFPA 9 when there was a bunch of pros in town, which was at Todd McCulloch's house. And um, Zen, you know, Nick Zendejas. Oh, yeah. I was playing a game and I heard I heard in the background triple jackpot seven and I just immediately dropped my flippers, ran over to Zen and was just like, dude, what? You got triple jackpot seven? And like, I actually don't remember the story that well. I just know that every time I see Zen, he'll bring it up and he'll be like, dude, that was so crazy that time you came over and we're like, whoa. <laughs> so is that the highest uh, jackpot level? Yeah. It's uh, yeah, basically uh, the seventh jackpot in a row and somehow still having four balls in play. Triple jackpot seven. Now I have a question. If you have Gollum, then it's really six times triple jackpot seven, wouldn't it? Well, two times triple two jackpot. Time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, then time, you know, and then, and then if you get double scoring, it can be double that. Oh, so you God. can get a double, double, triple, seven X jackpot. Wow. How? My head hurts. <laughs> what was that again? Okay. So, no, I, I need to make a conscious effort to understand this stuff now. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's the deal? You got, you got a golem. Okay, I know. There's a golem multiball. Then you get uh, double scoring, which is uh, one of the... Uh, gift of the elves. Yep, gift of the elves. And then you start your multiball, get your seven shots with keeping four balls active. That's all. Oh, and and make sure you hit the seventh one during the Schmeagol phase of Gollum. Yes. The Schme- What does that mean? Schmeagol. Oh, you know, so Gollum multiball, um, every seven seconds or so, it alternates between Schmeagol and Gollum. Yes. And when Gollum's up, all the scores are cut in half. And when Schmeagol's up, all the scores are double. Because Gollum's bad. Schmeagol is good. Okay. Yeah, and you can if you don't have the sound on or you can't look at the display... You can tell by the flashing light in front of Gollum's cave. If it's flashing, you have double scoring, and if it's solid, you have half scoring. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. The thing is, I didn't even know like the, the jackpot one, two, three, four. I, I didn't realize it was. I thought you had to hit jackpots like in a certain order. No, you just. It's just every time you hit a jackpot, there's um, like three seconds to hit another jackpot that you haven't already gotten. So to get to a seven, it's basically a seven-way combo. But like with a little bit of time in between, and you're in a multi-ball, so it's not impossible, but it's pretty hard. Do you need all four balls in play when you do that? To yes. get the the triple, yeah, yeah, because the number of balls in play is it's like TNA basically for the multipliers. So all right, so double jackpot. Well, what's double? Is that three balls in play or yes, yes, and two balls would be sing regular jackpots. Yeah, it's not it's not goof. It's not um, it doesn't have like a base value jackpot that's impossible to get. It's Jackpot, double jackpot, triple jackpot, not double jackpot, triple jackpot, quadruple jackpot. Cool. It's the first time I knew what the hell that means. Yeah, and if you want even more, I mean, I could talk about Lord of the Rings forever, which is part of the reason why I have it in my collection. But like to actually beat two towers, I think it's switch-based. It's like after yes. a certain number of switches, you advance up the tiers. Um, although the jackpots help. The higher number jackpot, the more mm-hmm. like switches it spots. I think it's combination. Um, I think it's combination. I think it's switch and scoring. Yeah, I think I think it ladders up easier if you're getting the higher jackpots. Right. But if you're hitting barely low jackpots, then it's also switches included. Also. Yeah, it basically just keep it alive, and then you get super jackpot. Oh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, <laughs> back to the, the games. Um, so I'll just list them out. Uh, so Iron Maiden, Lord of the Rings, Aerosmith, Dialed In, Tron, Volley, Meteor, Dirty Harry, Metallica, Guardians of the Galaxy, Walking Dead. Excellent. You got a Dirty Harry. Always like yeah. to hear that. Bruce has one too. Yep, at the bar. Is that one yours though? Is or is that the one that's someone else's? It's someone else's. So you don't you don't really possess the awesomeness that is Dirty Harry. Exactly. Thank God. Oh. What? Bruce is not a fan. Bruce is not a fan. I know how to play it. Just doesn't do anything for me. Doesn't do anything for you. It has such a good layout, good music, good like balance. Well, wait, wait, wait. Good. Pretty much good music, except for the the redneck bar thing. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they made that the high score music. That was the worst decision ever. Other than that, it's good music. Super loops is just like. Who cares if it's not really worth that much? It can be if you play it long enough. It just keeps going up and up and up. It's just yeah. Okay, if you're Raymond Davidson, it can be worth something. If you're me. It will not be worth that much. <laughs> so any other interesting happenings of the Northwest Pinball Championships? I noticed there was some, uh, there was upgraded, I guess, video this year. Yeah, we had um, a new person step in, um, I guess, new-ish. Uh, he, uh, he actually started, uh, it was Chase from Geek Gamer TV. He, he filmed the, or he streamed Northwest Pinball Championships uh, five years ago or six years ago. And it was, it was kind of the pioneer of like, I mean, it's not like, he, he was like the first, I think we were like the first, one of the first streamed pinball tournaments. And it, that was the one with Jackpot and uh, Daniele and Kaylee putting up like 8 billion or something. And then like right after that happened, other people started um, started streaming things. I don't know if it was coincidence or not, but it was definitely right at the beginning of that. He, he was right on board. And so he wanted to get back into it. And he did a great job, um, used all of Carl's tricks, even got Carl to write a new widget or something so you could scroll something along the bottom that showed live um scores i think yeah it was just really good we had direct feed from every dmd and lcd display except for a total nuclear which does not show the scores on the lcd which i uh, i wish it did but other than that um yeah it was very crisp very pretty Yes, and people forget, I believe he was the first person to actually stream at Papa the facility before they got all their equipment they did, I think it was uh, the first circuit finals. Yep, that was the one where Daniele ran the... Daniele did everything. Had the greatest games of Demo Man ever recorded, probably. Yeah. And the one you were talking about, is that the one where he gets the uh, Mega Visor? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it it looked excellent stream. A very high-quality production. Just like our our Stomp stream, right, Bruce? Yeah. (laughs) What are you saying, Bruce? I wasn't involved with the production, so I would not tell you what is good or what's not good. Mm. This is all held to another standard of you. Hold to another standard of me. Held. Okay. Held to yep. another standard of you. Uh, either way, that's a brucism. I don't know. what. Did, did you understand what he said? I No. I had no, no idea. Okay. But Ron does. That's the bad thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the bad thing? Yeah, because he makes fun of me about it, but he understands I've heard exactly. him so much. Yeah, I know what he means. See? <laughs> it's like understanding Klingon or something. I just get it. Talk, talk. 
So that was the Northwest Pinball Championships. Congratulations to the winner, Raymond Davidson. Woohoo! So what's the next tournament you're winning? I'm even playing in. <laughs> uh, well, I'll be playing at the Vancouver Flipout in a couple of weeks. So basically, it was, just, it was like that one IFPA where you beat Kaylee, and then now you win everything. Was that like <laughs> that? That was just like the hump, and now it's just now it's just easy. I I don't know. I I mean, I've just been been hot lately. I, I'm not I'm not sure. I it just snowballed. It's like uh, once you get the taste of it, you're kind of like, oh, I can, you know, I can do this, and you just sort of focus on what you need to do, and you know, little little luck here and there doesn't hurt. No, it does not. Now you can say you're the two time defending IFPA champion. Just as cool to say two time. Yeah. So should we talk about Stomp, Bruce? Do we want to get into the awesomeness that Stomp? Yep, you can. How dare you guys schedule your tournament the same weekend as Northwest Pinball Championships? Wow. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we took all kinds of people away. Yes, God. <laughs> so we had Stomp 2, Electric Boogaloo, or Pinball Boogaloo. Yep. Which was at the famous levels, or infamous Level Zero Arcade in beautiful upstate New York. So it started on Friday when uh, Scott, our own Scott C., he brought his uh, stars, which uh, everyone universally said played better than mine. So that's, screw you, Scott. That's easy. It sat right next to the Spanish Eyes that I just acquired the week before. And then you arrived later Friday. With another stars. With another stars. And we brought that downstairs next to your stars. Yeah, we kind of reconfigured things a little bit in the basement, and we had a Heads Up Stars area, which we used Zach's rig and my rig, a total of five cameras and one laptop, and it actually worked. It did. Like the next morning, I mean, I was just running around trying to get everything ready. They started arriving. The doors opened at 12? Yep. Yes, they did. What do we have? We had various food items brought in. Yes. Which is always nice. We had lots of bread. Yes. We had, we had chicken. Yeah, Steph brought the bread. Her dad brought the wings. Mm-hmm. The chicken. Players started arriving, and we began our uh, very aggressive effort to try to run the normal match play tournament and the Heads Up Stars tournament simultaneously, along with a our usual, it seems to be a staple of stomps now, the high score tournament on uh, Stars on Scott Stars. So we had two stars in the Heads Up Challenge, and then we had another stars for the high score tournament. Where else do you get three stars? Yep, where else do you get three different tournaments? So how do you think it went, Bruce? I love TNA. I love TNA too. I wish we could have used it more. Yeah, it why sounded, couldn't we? It sounded like a not quite love in the... No, because it's... Sincere. Well, we, 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 I could go into it later because that's a whole story in itself, getting the TNA. But uh, yes, the TNA, but perhaps we should mention, like, yeah, that's that's the game. That's the mystery game I've been talking about that Bruce doesn't know about, and he did not know about. Nope. He was surprised. I posted it on our Facebook page when it arrived, which was uh, Wednesday, with a whole, like, couple days to spare. Woof. Yep. Uh, didn't it just worked out that way? I had no idea whether it happened time or not, but then when I saw that it was going to be shipped, it's like yes, all right. So yeah, that arrived Wednesday. As far as how many issues did we have? We had big game. Basically, the flippers died. Spider Man, 
flipper stuck again on the upper one. Uh, Spider-Man, the fl- flipper was sticking just like it was last year. So you see how often I play, play the game. Uh, I basically went in there, and it was sticking in the same spot, so I just bent the one part of the, the flipper mech itself, and that finally fixed the damn issue. I don't believe it had any more issues. After that, yeah, we had a big game. The flippers died, which was what, a loose connection? Loose connection, uh, Spanish eyes sticking. You've replaced... What did you replace on Spanish Eyes? The uh... well, Spanish Eyes probably would have been fine, but um, we had some picky people insisting that they like start shopping it like an hour before the tournament's going to begin, and then yelling at me, criticizing me because I hadn't done anything to it. You know, the game that I just got a week before, as I'm trying to get everything else ready. Fail for stop. Yeah, fail. Sorry, I only have so many hours in the day. Fail, fail. Ah, whatever. So yeah, there was some shopping done to Spanish Eyes. We had Terminator, the left flipper just got magnetized, the plunger just started sticking, or Terminator 3, started sticking, so I just put a uh, stiffer spring in, oh my, and corrected that issue. Then we had, well, <laughs> how was the timing with the tournaments, Bruce? Uh, a little awkward, but we worked through it eventually. I think in the future we're either going to have to pick heads up or the match play, we can't do both. Because what we did, our original idea was we were going to have a double elimination heads-up tournament. And how many people signed up? 20, 20. Yeah, 20. So out of the 25 people we had there, 20 of them signed up for this. Mm-hmm. And we had, we tried to do it just like the heads-up challenge, which Raymond is familiar with. Yep, three yeah. games. The two, three games, two out of three, picking the challenges, same deal. Like swapping. a bracket. Yep, sw- swapping back and forth and all that. By 11 o'clock, we got through po- almost the first, the single elimination part. Was it that late? Yes, it was that late. Cause I it was that packing, late? I packed up the game right after that. We decided kind of early on, like, yeah, double elimination ain't going to happen. Yep. It's, it's just not going to happen. And the issue is you have people playing in match play, and they're the same people who are playing in the heads up. So trying to get people on, you know, in between rounds, or as rounds are going on and people finish. Like, okay, these two people are ready. Get on. So we had that going on. And who is the winner of that? Well, we'll get to that. Okay. We're trying to plow through that. At the same time, we got the match play going on, and they get to the point where it's ready for finals, and we're still doing the heads up. And that's where I have my rig and Zach's rig. So how are we going to film the finals? We have a problem. So I will give props to Steph, the pinball princess. Because she brought her rig. I think she was just going to like stream some games. Probably after we finished, was her thinking. Yeah. But it's like, Zach's there. The finals are going to start. Are we streaming it? And I'm like, uh, well, Steph's got her rig. Maybe we can use that. So that's what we used. And the internet held. And the internet held. So if you want to see the Stomp 2 finals, you can go to twitch.tv slash pinballprincess. If you want to see the Heads Up Challenge, you can go to twitch.tv slash podcast. So we were dual streaming. Beat that. Wow. Yeah. So in the finals of the Heads Up, we ended up with um, Chuck Webster versus uh, Jason Plord. With Chuck Webster taking it home, he is the Heads Up Stars champion. Chuck took the six games before that also. He swept three group, three people to get to that, the win. Didn't he whip your ass? Oh, he did. 
I let him. You know, you know, I was getting tired. Oh, you, you let him. Yeah, you know, you got you got because if, if not, he would have said, "Oh, New England's so great," and and I just let him win because then we he gives them that false hope when they we go to their tournament. Okay, sure. I totally got what you meant there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, false sense of security. He he won. What were the two cha- like the two challenges against you? It was like it was done instantly. Five stars he got in thirty seconds. Yeah, what was the other one? The 7K target he had in 25 seconds. So go ahead, tell everyone now. Oh, oh yeah. Last week, me and Bruce uh, had an argument. We had a, a rules thing where I was actually correct. Once. And that is on stars. Was it for the spinner or the 7,000? I think it was lighting the spinner. Lighting, um, yes, lighting the left was saying... spinner. I was saying that it's the center target of both banks. Bruce was insisting, no, you hit two out of the three targets in each bank, and that's what lights it. Who was correct, Bruce? I can't remember. Uh, that means me. That means <laughs> I was correct, which I uh, honestly completely forgot about that after we recorded, and it wasn't until I was setting up the stars that I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder who was right with that. And it was me. This was a rare instance. Congratulations. A rare instance, especially when it comes to rules, where I was yes. actually right and Bruce was wrong. So this is, this is a great moment for me. I hope to, to be graduating to the next level of rules comprehension. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. I might have been like talking into my, uh, my car audio when, when I was listening to it. I was like, uh, I'm pretty sure Ron's right, but I don't know for sure. So Bruce fooled me for a little bit. Yeah, he had me like he was really insistent, and I'm thinking, I was because I thought it was. I'm that. like he's starting to sway me, like, but damn, I'm almost positive it's just the center target. So we had that finish, and then we had in the the main the match play, we had the final four: Alberto Santana, we had Paul Karras, Frank Romero, and Joe Lemire. Now, how long was the first game of Metallica? In the finals. This is what bothers me because when it comes to the, you know, for me running this tournament for a um, anxiety filled introvert like me, it's honestly not fun at all. It is quite stressful. My favorite part of the tournament was when it was over. And to see the Metallica game last an hour. What? An hour. A four player game. Yeah. Seeing Alberto Santana get like a 100 million collect shot in. What was it? Fade to black. Yes. And the crank it up was cool and all. And I'm sure it was great for the stream, for your hardcore, like pinballers watching the stream to see the game completely destroyed in that fashion. For me, it was a complete failure. I don't know. How how would a game last that long on Metallica? Like, even when I had factory settings, it just kicks your ass, man. Yeah, well, I was told, and it was fine last year. And I double-checked it actually today, and the posts are at the furthest back position. I guess I needed to pull some rubbers out. That sounded weird. I needed to pull some rubbers out of the game. And I guess there's a setting uh, involving stacking that I was informed by uh, Zach and Greg Waparelli that I had set incorrectly. What? Yeah, I guess. There's some kind of deal where you can stack. You can work towards other multiballs while you're in a multiball or something like that. Do you have a pro or, or a premium? It's a premium. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, out of the 80 settings that I went through, only two of them mentioned stacking, and one of them was already off. So I brought Zach over. I was like, is this the right setting? Like, it probably is. And Okay. So 
Hopefully it's the right setting. But Alberto got three hundred and eighty million. Tally what had almost two hundred million. And then the other players were not far behind, like with one sixty and like ninety. So that's where you get it actually when they were playing this game of Metallica, I wrapped up the stars. We brought it upstairs and had it loaded in my car and came down and watched the end of it. Yep, and it had been going on for a while when you started packing up stars. I yes. think it must have been just a freak freak of nature occurrence, like Yeah, but for like for me that's like a fail. I should have like I don't know, pulled post or something. I don't know. It's just because that, the way we did the finals, the same way we did it last year where you had to pick three different eras. Yes. So everyone's not just picking, you know, like Metallica, Spider-Man, you know, it, it, like, no. You're, you're going to have to play an older game, a middle game, and then you could play a new Stern. So that was the first game they picked, and it just grinded everything to a halt. That took like an hour, like we said. And then the next two games probably took what? 20 minutes, 25 minutes for the two games. I think it was, uh, what was the final two games? It was Stargazer. Yep. With the alternate ROM, which then we had um, guest commentary from Scott, who made the alternate ROM, so he could explain it. So that was cool. And then we had had basically Zach and uh, Greg Wapparelli doing the commentary. Did very well. And then the final game was on, oh, Demo Man. And the winner... Of the stop two electric boogaloo was Alberto Santana. Mm-hmm. That guy's been playing great, dude. Every time I've seen him on camera, it's been blowing me away. Uh, he was El Fuego. Yep. So when he's not beating me, he's winning at my place. That's Alberto. Then in second place, we had, um, was it Joe? I think it was, yes, it was, it was Joe. Joe. It was Joe Lemire. And in third place, we had Frank Towley. And in fourth place, we had Paul Karras. And those are your top four. For the uh, stars, the high score tournament paid out the top two, and the winner was uh, Chris, Chris Point, and second place was some guy named Bruce Nightingale. That's some douche. Mm-hmm. On his on his stars or your stars? No, no, no it was on, on Scott his, stars. Scott stars. Oh, is, is that the, the neutral uh, yes. arena? The neutral stars. And what happened to all the money that was won? It was all donated back to a good cause. And I'm not. I'm, I don't want to screw up her name, so I want Ron to say her name. Dahlia. Dahlia. Dahlia is one of our uh, people who uh, goes to the Orange County Pinball Club. She actually has a rare form of cancer right now, and she had bad news this week. And she uh, said, "Don't feel bad for me. Just donate to this cause of uh, rare cervical cancer." So we. Uh, Earn some money for that. We earned $240 towards that, and I'll be donating that this week and getting that to them. So a good cause in her name. And thank everyone who did donate and who did play. That was a very cool thing. That's the other thing, the stars. Chuck donated it back. Yep. So what what did we learn about the Heads Up Challenge? This was our first time running a Heads Up Challenge. Some challenges are harder than others. Yeah, some might have been a little too hard. Let's quiz Raymond. Let's see what he thinks the hardest one would be here. We had five challenges. We had get five stars. Hardest. We weren't we weren't <laughs> we weren't cruel wait, enough to say you wait. actually had to get the special. You just had to light five stars. Then we had light the left spinner. With the max, so you get maxing the left spinner. Maxing yeah, maxing the left spinner. Then we had getting the seven thousand target. Then we had just straight seventy five K score. And then we had triple bonus. 
and we instituted like a five-minute time limit on each of these challenges. So what do you think by far was the challenge that had the most five-minute time limit draws? All-stars. Nope. No. What? Not even close. Not even close. But that stupid one up top that you just have to bounce into. 3X was the yep. hardest one ever. Isn't it just like hitting the drop targets a couple times? Hitting a three bank and then getting all six. Yes. But don't forget that stars. Stars is brutal. Even though we made it less brutal, we moved the in-lane posts in, and then we made sure, like, my stars typically has uh, Scott's modified software in it. We took that out and put, like, the stock software in for both of them. So, yeah, that was that was the hardest thing. Now we got to start thinking of which next game for the heads-up challenge. Dual Dragon Fist? No. No. No, no, no. Dual Stargazers. Ooh. Each running the different, the new software. So really, uh, people got to learn shit. What else can we do? Or big game. Two big games? That'd be kind of cool. I'm trying to think of older games you wouldn't normally see. Yeah. Any you'd like to see, Raymond? Any heads-up games you think would be good candidates for a heads-up challenge? Um, yeah, it'd have to be, like, older games, but games that aren't too brutal. So, like, simple tasks, but can be done pretty reliably. I don't know, like Barracora lock a ball. Or, no, that'd oh, be a little yeah. hard. That's a little hard, but yeah. Paragon. <laughs> Paragon. Get 3X. Yeah, yeah, get get 3X maybe. Not. Yeah. All, I was going to say 5X, and I was like, oh, wait, that, yeah, that rarely happens. Yeah, the 3X would be probably the best on that one. We can't do Paragon. Carl already did that. Ooh. I like his uh, drain out the beast slayer. Gold. Yeah, that was probably yeah. cool. Ron, you gotta buy a hot dog, and then we'll have heads up hot dogging. Mm, <laughs> no, no. I'd buy a hot dog before I'd buy a hot dogging. You said so, you... so weird. <laughs> what do you mean it's so weird? It's like one target to give you 3x, and then on Paragon, it's three targets to give you 2x. I know. It, it, it's so bizarre. And the right spinner is just useless. I mean... You know, they... And a spin, yay. Yeah, for spins, it it's useless. But... If you get lucky. Yeah. But yeah, that's about it. And there's one thing I learned at Stomp. I learned that a particular player who will not be named really does not like Star Trek The Next Generation. What doesn't mm-hmm. that player like about it? Uh, it sucks. I love it. <laughs> it sucked enough for him to basically rage till three times and move the game back like a foot oh, and a half. Oh, now I know who. Now I know who. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know who you are. Did you have it set up with uh, no ball save and no kickback? Uh, I had a ball save. The no kickback is the default setting. I didn't change that. But that was a complaint. But his main thing was just the game totally sucks. But I'm not, not going to say who it is. But I, I just want to mention this because that game is in a row that behind that game is the septic pipes. <laughs> and guess what the game came really close to hitting when it was moved back a foot? <laughs> yeah, the septic pipes. And you know what happens when a 300-pound game hits a septic pipe? I'm thinking bad things are going to happen there. Shit happens. Could have, could have literally shat the bed. <laughs> but uh, I have a question now. On your F-14, is kickback standard or not standard? It's, to be standard, it's it's uh, lit. Okay. Ron set up his without it, which is brutal enough, and his is pretty quick, too. His actually, yeah, that doesn't seem necessary. Although I guess... 
some people who are really good at that game can have long games because they just like get to multi-ball and then. I've know. seen it done in tournaments before, though, where they've had that off. Oh, I know. And, and I would argue with the, in that case, you can safely, or at least moderately safely, light the kickback hitting one target. Yeah. Yeah. True. Someone should make a ROM for Star Trek to never have the bottom right uh, kickback target be be one of the options because that's just so so stupid. Yeah. That was a mistake. The kickback should have been like kickback should really set set to easy because mm. it's like it, it, to relight the kickback. It's just Brutal. chance. Yeah, it'll just the ball just bounce around and it's like kickback is relit. Oh, thank you. No more rage tilting. Poor Star Trek Next Gen. It didn't deserve that. It's a good game. It's a good game. Although, uh, what do you think about it, Raymond? I think it would be a great game if it like worked. But it's so rare to find one that's working that I don't have enough data collected on it. That seems to be the general consensus yes. that it's broke too much. Yeah, yours worked this time perfectly, Ron. I didn't hear one issue, one getting lost balls or anything like no, that. So. No. I also really don't like the uh, slingshot geometry with the cannons that are useless. I mean, I guess they're not useless, but they're... They're not useless. <laughs> well, the right one's kind of useless. The left one is least used for multiball. That's true. That one, they could have just done with one cannon. Then it would have looked weird, though. Yeah. It wouldn't have been symmetrical. It would look weird. Well, they could have um, They could have mounted it, like, on the left, like, you know where the ball kicks out onto the rail, like, maybe, uh, I don't know. Yeah, mount it, like, a more Dirty Harry-like. Exactly. Something like that. But, you know, I don't question Steve Ritchie. And neither should anyone else. He's always right. <laughs> Except no fear. Even he admits there should have been another white wood there. There should have been a what? Another white wood. He had to do no fear. He had a very short schedule where they just had an opening, and they're like, can you do a game? Okay. <laughs> so just like he sketched it out, and then they sh- they made it, and then that was it. He didn't actually get to. He wanted to do one more white wood where he removed a shot. He felt it had too many shots, so you oh, end yeah. up you end up hitting lots of posts, which, as you know, you can end up hitting a lot of posts on that game. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's it, the post should have been stand-ups. It should have been the original Thunderstruck because there's so much post-hitting. You should have a post mode. No Fear has, like, that Circus Voltaire, like, loop, like, two shots that are kind of useless, right? I, I'm trying to pick. remember the, the play field on the upper right. It's like loop, skull, loop, ramp, orbit, right? Yeah, it has a little turnaround that he reused in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Play better. And it has the voice call-outs he used in, like, so many other games that are from No Fear. So that was Stomp 2. What, what are we going to call Stomp 3? The Revenge? Uh, no, I'm thinking about it. I'll get us something a couple. We'll get me, ask our listeners. Okay, our listeners, you have a whole year to decide. Stomp 3, what are we going to call it? So let's go on to news. Do you know Deadpool is shipping already, Bruce? Yes, it is. Uh, customers have gotten it. It's on, I think, 0.81 code. we got a lot of improvement. I may get to play this Saturday. We will see. We're down at Rock Fantasy? Yep. Ooh. It's actually going to be there early, I guess, so. Ooh. Maybe I'll just, uh, I'll wait until 1.0 release. You know, play it next year when it's all ready and fun. <laughs> well, what are you saying? They've been pretty good with code. They That's, have been. But that might just have been Iron Maiden, because, you know, Keith had been poking him. Eh, they got a lot of coders now. That's they a got cool a lot one. of new people in there. So they had the on the head-to-head podcast. They had uh, I'm going to butcher his name, 
Tanyo Kleiss. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? Or at least you close? Did. Okay. The head programmer for Deadpool. And you know who he mentioned who helped him out a lot on the rules? Timmy! Timmy! Tim Sexton. The new face of Stern. He's putting his input in. He's putting his input in. Yes. I think Bruce meant to say giving his input. Yeah, probably. No. Did you know Paul Ferris joined Deep Root Pinball? Is there anyone they haven't hired at this point? <laughs> I mean, they're hiring every every big pinball name you could think of that wasn't currently at a pinball company. When they hire Greg Kimmick from... Uh, from the Bally back, days? Yeah, and also from uh, Capcom, then I know we're bringing back everyone. All right. So Paul Ferris, who did artwork, such as the ones on um, Paragon, which mm-hmm. we are talking about, Centaur... Just some of the greatest art in the history of pinball. So he's going to deep root. So I guess they're going to have really good art. Hopefully I will be at Texas and I will get to see the, what is it, the five days of deep root? You'll get deep rooted all five days. Is it still too late to change the name? Uh, no, we cannot. Come on. You know how much money they put into that deep rooting? What do you think, Raymond? You think that's a great name? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have thought anything of it if I didn't listen to the head-to-head pincast. Really? That wouldn't have, like, just, like, you know, that sounds like it's probably something dirty. I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, it, it it does sound off. It doesn't sound like like there's any reason to name it that. Like, I don't, it doesn't really say, like, oh, Deep Root. It's pinball. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, Greg Ferris is the artist for Elvira 3. Did you know that, Bruce? I did. You did, because you know all. Do you know when Elvira 3 is coming out? No. No. Did you know that Eddie Munster is coming to the Texas Pinball Festival? Gee, I wonder why. Uh, gee, I wonder why. He, w- he was coming to the Texas Pinball Festival before, and then it was pulled. And now it's back again. And it's back to play. <laughs> what a weird theme. Yeah, you know, it kind of is. I mean, is that... So, Bruce, you know everything. Is that an actual Stern title, or is that a Kapow title? Kapow. All right, I guess it makes a little more sense being Kapow. What is Kapow, exactly? Uh, Joe Kamikow's company, who wears going to be make they made the batman 66 they're going to be making the more i would say expensive high-end stuff beatles beatles what, what are you saying bruce it's going to be a beatles game of course there is that was told to us a couple weeks ago by uh this week in pinball yeah but they have a whole page of rumors that one's pretty close okay but um yeah monsters will be uh it's a little weird because i i didn't you know when i was a kid growing up that wasn't like the you know, Adam's family was the monster movie, you know, monster TV show when you're growing up. And then what's going to be next? Bewitched? <laughs> How about Sabrina the Teenage Witch? <laughs> there you go. We can do that. That actually would make for a great pin. I, 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 I can't lie. That would, that'd be pretty cool. How about Boy Meets World? You going to get that one, too? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the next rumor on Twip. Boy Meets World. newest <laughs> pinball machine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, that that was about it for news. Okay. Kind of a light news day. So, Bruce, this is where you asked me, have you got any new games lately? Hey, Ron, have you got any new games lately? I have. I got a TNA, or if I'm on the um, Papa Announce team, I got a Total Nuclear Annihilation. And how good is that Total Nuclear Annihilation working out for you? Total what Annihilation? I love the way you say total. nuclear. Nuclear. It's just Nuclear. Nuclear. Do you ever watch the Jetsons, like Knuckles Nuclear? Yeah, I don't remember that. No? no? All right. 
Have you ever played the Jetsons? No, thank God. No? Okay. So I received my total nuclear annihilation on Wednesday. Pretty flawless. It, it got there, no issues. I had a, uh, I guess I might as well say this because it's my stupidity could be funny. And Bruce will, Bruce knows the configuration of my house. Mm-hmm. Well, first, the incompetence part. And I, this always happens with the shipper. So it's R&L Carriers is doing this. They call me on Monday, and we, we agree it's going to come between 11 and 3, and the driver is going to call like half hour before getting there to make sure I'm there. Right? right? Makes sense. Very straightforward. So what do you think happens? He gets there, and there's no lift gate. No. Okay. I get a call at 10 o'clock. Not, not, remember, between 11 and 3? I get a call at 10 o'clock from the driver. He's already there. He's already there. So it's like, uh, I'm like 20 minutes away. Like, oh, I'll wait. Like, okay. So I drive there, and he already has the game out in, like, in front of my garage, which would be fine except for the fact that it was kind of cloudy out and it was supposed to rain. But I get there. You know, it looks fine. So it stays in the garage until I get back from work. And if for some reason, because I had it in the garage already, I figured I would just take it in through the door, you know, the back door. So through the garage and through the kitchen, like you took the, the big game. Yes. And I figure, well, you fit the big game through there, so there should be no issues with this. Not with the cabinet. Not with, not with a container box. No, you wouldn't. Uh, well, I had it out of the box, Bruce. Okay, so. Yeah. No. No. Didn't fail. fit. It Not only did it fail, when I, I, I got it into the kitchen, and then I was stuck. I couldn't get, it, <laughs> I couldn't get back through the door. Because I couldn't tilt the thing back to actually get it Through back. The, yeah. I was literally stuck. So the only way I could get it out was to take the door off, uh, which I, required a very long Phillips screwdriver, which I did have. Ooh. I got all the screws out till I got to the last one, and I couldn't turn it. So I actually had to go to the hardware store to get a bigger Phillips screwdriver. Came back, and I was able to get the final screw out. Got the door Yay. out. Yay. And then I attempted to get it through the kitchen. That still wasn't going to work. God. So at least I was, I was able to get it out, though, because the door's off now. So then I took it around the correct way I should have done in the first place. Fail. So that was a complete failure. That's, so that wasted hours. So I finally get the thing downstairs, set it up, turn it on, and the first thing I hear is just, just a hum sound. Ugh. I'm thinking, that can't be good. Let's just say I had sound issues. As in, like, crackling or just no sound at all. Not a good start. So uh, I ended up playing with, I just reseated connectors. I ended up playing with some of the cables and got the sound to at least work. But it would, it would get crackly in the low end for whatever reason. So I, I sent an email to Spooky. Meanwhile, the game itself, I mean, it was fine. The flippers, it was weird. The flippers were not aligned. And that one was up higher than the other. So I had to fix that. The pop-upper wasn't really working overly well. I had to make it more sensitive. It's an adjustment thing. I think that's all I did the first night that I had it. Uh, Spooky had me try some things. And they suggested I get a new 8-inch cable. There's a cable that runs from the... Uh, it's actually... It's, there's a board that's behind the LCD that's on this LCD. And that's what actually... It comes out of there and then goes to like an amplifier underneath and goes to the speaker or speakers. 
they wanted me to get a new uh, new eighth inch cable, but it has to be at least 12 feet long, so it can go, so it can reach. Like when you put the head down, like it won't get pulled out or anything. Mm-hmm. So I end up just ordering that on Amazon, and in the time it's, I ordered it actually arrived today, but the sound seems to have fixed itself. Because I noticed during the tournament, there were no sound issues. None. And I played it a ton today, and there have been no sound issues whatsoever. I had to put some dampening on the, the glass. I actually put electrical tape on both sides of the glass, because it's so much vibration from that subwoofer. <laughs> I mean, the entire thing just shakes. Oh, wow. I, I'm, talking with, I'm talking with the volume on four. Like, fairly low setting. So then we get to the tournament. And we had two main issues with it. Three. Uh, what was the third one? Screws. Oh, okay. Screws came out. Mm-hmm. Then we had the we had a tilt issue. Then there's four then. Oh, okay. We had a tilt issue, which is very similar. Uh, I know we mentioned the Alice Cooper stream that Carl D'Angelo did, where a lot of people were just getting these these tilt warnings. Like player would get a tilt warning. Their ball would end. Next player would come up and just loves it. Tilt warning. Tilt warning. It's like, whoa, whoa. We kept having that to the point where people were just getting tilt throughs. So we decided to just kind of take it out because we didn't want to deal with it. And, you know, I think I, ma- I made the tilt a little less sensitive and it still was doing it. So just we just took it out. There's another issue that it's having that's still having that I have to research and see if this is expected behavior or if my game's doing something wrong that's causing this to happen, which is basically getting an error on the second drop target mech, because what'll happen... We saw some weird error once during our weekend, and we just cycled it. All right. Yep, and that's what we did. Well, what happens if you lock a ball? So the the first, the drop targets are all up, and the ball is will be behind the second drop target. Yep. If you drain out, the game ends. When it goes to clear the balls out, it'll drop the first target. It'll drop the second target, which will actually throw the ball back into the third target, knocking it down. But then the second target resets back up, so the ball can't get out. And it keeps doing it over and over and over again. That's the issue. If you have two balls locked, it doesn't have an issue. It's able to get them out. But if you have just the the first one locked, it does that. That's why it was kind of infrequent. But when, you know, when it happened, it happened like, what, two or three times? No more than that. All right. So what was the other issue? Screws uh, falling out of the plastics. Which plastics? The one above the, uh, the drop targets. Okay. The Phillips screws. And the drop target one, there's an adjustment screw for the height for the drop targets. So you can make them flush when the drop target's down. Well, the one screw completely got loose and was on the bottom of the cabinet. I don't know if it wasn't tightened from the factory or anything, but it vibrated and thunk, it was on, and the whole drop target dropped, and then the ball was sitting in that in the lowered drop target area. Basically in the gap, in the slot, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I had is uh, actually when I was setting the game up, I heard like something fall to the bottom of the cabinet when I got in there. It was actually, it was a nut. I'm looking at it, it's like, this looks like the nut that usually goes on the uh, coin door screws. You know, the bigger screws that go through the coin door. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, one of them was missing. That was the nut for that. So I put that on. That was about it. But I was getting comments. You know, I noticed this. Zach noticed this. 
Chris, who was in our tournament, he, he brought it up. Everyone was saying how the my flippers were up higher than like any uh, any of the other TNAs they'd ever played. Like you could trap the ball, like almost every time. And I noticed that, and I thought it was weird. I think the consensus was maybe my flippers had more travel. But after uh, watching the Northwest Pinball Championship stream, Woo! I was looking at that TNA and noticing the flippers at rest were way lower than mine. So I just started looking at other TNA streams, and they were every one of them. The flippers were way lower than they are on mine. Now mine was set up to be like in line with the inlane guide, but that must not be where it's supposed to be because I put them down where I saw them in the other videos, and I'll tell you, it plays way better now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plays really good now. So that must be. I wish they had alignment holes or something to tell you where you're supposed to do it if it's if it's supposed to be like that. But it plays way better. I was playing it um, for an hour today. Wow. After I got home. I was getting the must-play-another-game deal. Need more reactors. Need more reactors. Game is brutal. I turned the extra balls back on. We had them off for the tournament. So now it's basically in regular settings mode. So we'll have to see what goes on. with. I'm going to have to keep investigating that drop target issue to see if I can figure it out. But that was my TNA Odyssey. Mm. Wow, Bruce, you sound so excited. Yeah. Are you going to get one for the saloon? No, God, no. So Bruce still doesn't like TNA. No. Nope. He hates dialed in now. Yeah, dialed in is just getting uh, it's a grind. It really is a grind. We were, we were talking about it behind when everyone was playing it. It's just like like it's it the scoring is still imbalanced. One shot should not be fifty thousand points on a game when it takes so much to do. Or a hundred thousand for landing in a sim card hole. Exactly, yeah. And but you know, you you could do everything else right. Oh, I get selfie mode. And I get 3,600 points for, 30, for 46 <laughs> selfies. Yep. What the fuck? I know. Sorry. I don't, I don't understand it either. It, that, that, that just really annoys me. Like one shot, or sorry, two shots, you get more points than some people get the whole fucking game. So you must hate Dracula too. I kind of do, actually. I do agree. Some of the modes, like, uh, yeah, like selfie mode or um, the bash the magnet modes if yeah. they made those worth something like they could have been kind of cool but they're nothing is worth anything except for no. you know uh getting sim cards yeah exactly and most people time out the magnet modes because they don't want to get involved with it and get screwed up oh it's so frustrating when you have lock lit and you can't shoot it up the middle to yep. divert to the upper flipper because they'll just grab that magnet and throw it right back down the middle of and you'll go. I also wish I knew what gave you bonus, because I swear sometimes I'll play the longest ball and get, like, 68,000, and then sometimes I'll play, like, a mediocre ball, but, like, get, you know, 150,000. Like, it seems totally random what your bonus is. Let me write this down now. Dialed in sucks. Must sell that. Um, Dracula sucks. Must sell that. Okay. <laughs> well, wait, no, I, just got... think, I just think it could be tweaked a little bit. I still love the game, and I think it's a great buy, because I think... Years from now, people are gonna. It's gonna be like a a well, you know, sought after title. I, I I think Scott Charles is gonna agree with me on Dracula, so don't even go there with that one. Just because he lost to me on it, so he hates it forever. <laughs> if he hates it so bad, why did he why did he do this offer that fixes it? Because he got frustrated with it. Yeah, he probably got eliminated at a tournament by a twenty million mystery and was like, "That's it." He did. That's what he said until you actually looked at the final score and like, no, that actually didn't make any difference. But that's the way he told the story for years. Yes. Yeah. To the point where I actually believed him 
until it just so happened I had video of like the place where we played it, and I had an actual a sh- as I'm doing the video. The score came up of our game, and it was still on there, so I could actually see it. And I'm like, wait a minute. He didn't lose by, like, $20 million. I mean, he lost by way more than that. That didn't matter. <laughs> so I made a sign-up and put it on, like, you know, Ron Hallett beat Scott Charles by this score. On this very machine. On this, Yeah, on this very machine. Like the, the pop and plaque? Yep. Yes. Yep, yeah. exactly. So Scott does what he always does. He rips off the sign. Boo. Yeah, boo. And then, actually, when when Zach got there, him and Scott just started talking programming, and you were lost, and I was listening. Oh yeah, of course, I was completely lost, and Bruce was intently listening, completely understanding everything they were saying because I knew, I Bruce knew about is bites so and immersed in code. I knew bites and nibbles. You did. You were just like, huh? Maybe our listeners can say if they'd like to have the tech edition. Mm. We could have like Scott and Zach on, and they just talks. Yeah, just send questions in. I'm sure they would love to answer your tech questions. You know, complicated programming questions. Because they're both doing, they both do homebrew machines, modify their stuff, try to make it work differently. So I just think that would be an interesting episode. I did uh, modify, I don't know if you noticed, the Guardians of the Galaxy had a uh, a new uh, image on the SD card that had all the movie sounds instead of the voice acted sounds. So the yeah. bubbly bow was... Was actually yeah. better. Oh man, you gonna get in trouble for that? The studio gonna know. go after you for using those sounds? Mm, I hope not. Your video will get pulled now because it is actual sounds instead of the uh, the impersonators. <laughs> that would suck. That would suck. That's right. I mean, they are just quotes from the movie, right? So I guess you could just use the actual quotes from the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a big pin side thread that had. Um, two options there's like a version somebody made and then another version somebody made sort of on top of it that that like put certain music to certain people's modes and and sort of went above and beyond and i think i had that one in so it was instead of playing the generic like dun 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 up you know like action music when you're in a mode it actually played like a song that kind of corresponded to that person like quill's quest i think was like some goofy you know like all those songs and whatnot. And it was, it was, I, I liked it. It was cool. That's right. They could actually use the songs, you know, the ones they didn't get the rights for. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just some guy basically has this eight gigabyte image that you can download and, and uh, flash to an SD card and just stick it in. It was super, super simple. So what do you think of Guardians of the Galaxy? You like it? Yeah. I, um, I've been really digging it. I think the, um, the rules have really gotten there. Um, there's still a little bit of like point explosions, but at least I can kind of definitively say what's causing them now, as opposed to before, you know, it was kind of a mystery, like where the points come from, but it's still got that problem of being kind of cryptic. Um, Dave Stewart was actually making some good comments on the broadcast about how, you know, there's games like Adam's family where there is a jackpot in multiball. And that's the points. Those are the points right there. You know exactly, you know, what you're getting. Whereas Stearns with all the multipliers and all the nonsense, you know, sometimes it's like you play for a while and then you look up at your score and you see how you did because you have no clue, like, what what your score is. So there's a little bit of that. But I think it's getting, I think it's better. I actually enjoyed it. Playing at the Saratoga show. I mean, modes you actually finish. Yeah, the modes are huge. The little pie chart thing that shows you how many, you know, how many shots you need. It's very, 
very clear if you know to look for the little pie chart thing. Right, right. But how's it been? At, you said it was earning good, right, Bruce? It's number one at the bar. Number one at the bar, Guardians of the Galaxy. I actually have an operator trying to buy mine from me for that same reason. But I'm like, I just want to play for it at least a little bit. You know? <laughs> number two is Iron Maiden. Number three is Star Trek LE. Number four, Adam's Family. Well, there was probably a reason they made 21,000 of them. I <laughs> know, exactly. It just blew my mind, blows my mind. Do you have a Ghostbusters there, Bruce? I do now. Hmm. So how do you think that's going to earn? Probably pretty good, because I have a pretty loud, and you hear music in the background. People will get attracted to it. I don't know if they'll go back to it, but they'll probably play it. Do you have the scream on or off? Off, I think. He, yeah, yeah, I think he's. I he never did. once got the scream while I had it in my house, and I think it's because I always had tournament mode on. But I cannot uh, confirm or deny. I just, I just know it had never happened to me yet. It happens in arcades and bars like all the time. So I'm curious if that is a factor in tournament mode. Now the bigger question is, what starts sudden death in roller games? Isn't it like? After seven seconds of, like, not hitting anything, but, like, you have to have hit, like, a drop target. Like, there's got to be some algorithm, right? Yeah, everyone thought there was. You know, Tim, Timmy, he had the game, and I don't know if he ever figured out what started it. I think he thought he figured out what started it, but then didn't. So, it's one of the great mysteries of mankind. What (laughs) starts sudden death mode in roller games? Because I know I was, I think Scott was talking about trying to you know, get the code and trying to figure out exactly what does it and make it so it's like not random. So maybe there's some skill involved. You should just make it so if you collect all of the uh, skater things like that would normally just light a useless extra ball, that that would start like a, a longer sudden death or something. Like that'd be so cool. I wonder, I'm trying to think what Zach said. I think he said something like it should be you get the lanes on top. It's like, that's just cruel. No one will ever get sun death that way. Oh, yeah, because nothing feeds up there, right? Nothing. Nothing goes in those lanes. Show me a roller games with pop bumper wear. It doesn't exist. <laughs> they, they never go up there. There's no diverter. When we started the tournament, I had a test report on roller games saying one of the uh, the jet lanes you know, was not working. Wow. And the only reason it said it was not working is because it hadn't been activated. <laughs> I mean, is so there long nothing? Since the ball Isn't there like a it. rail that goes up there, like for the for some sort of? No, nothing. No. no, the only way you can get it, I think, if you hit the extra ball shot. No, that goes to the left. Okay, yeah, you're right. So no, you literally would have to hit a unclean orbit and have it die and go into the pop bumpers and go into the lane area. Oh, well, that's weird. It should have been like a a, a gate there, a controlled gate, maybe. Or just, just put a one-way gate in on the left side so that left orbits go around to the upper flipper, but right orbits stop. It's kind of like a standard thing. Yeah, I'd rather have it do, like, they have controlled gates, so if you're, like, doing combos, it goes all the way around or something. Sure. And if you don't, it stops it. Something like that. I always like that. But then a lot of players that control players will always just wait and never go for combos. So, you know, what game does that? There's a game that does that. Oh, like Spider-Man. You hit, like, a couple combos, but you purposely don't hit, like, the left orbit because you don't want it to go all the way around. You wait. <laughs> it was so funny. I played a... on one that had the diverter broken for the longest time, so every left orbit always went to the pop bumper. And I got so used to it that, and like, now when I play Spider-Mans, I get actually surprised when I shoot the left orbit and it goes all the way around. I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Next, it's time for the Stumper. This is a new Ooh. segment, relatively new segment. Bruce has one. I have one. Raymond will get in on the fun here. And none of us know, well, I don't even know if I'm right. That's the cool thing. So if uh, our listeners think I'm wrong or think there's a better answer, please let us know. My stumper is, what System 11 game has the most drop targets? Hmm. Hmm. Diner? Six. Oh, that's pretty good. My first thought was Whirlwind, but that's only four. Uh, Think earlier, Bruce. Think, like, what were the first couple of System 11 games? Road Kings has one. Black Knight's definitely not System 11, right? Black Knight... 2000 2000 is. is, But yeah, that's C. That's way too early. That has six. That has six. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something that has more than six? Oh, Oh, yes. What's the second System 11 game, Bruce? I couldn't tell you a second. God, game show? No, no, no. Earlier, it's 80. It's got to be 85. Uh, Grand Lizard? Yeah. How many does that have? Five and three, which would be eight. 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 But there's there's one that has even more than that. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's three three banks. Hmm. Let me give you a clue. Let me give you a clue. On the third ball, double your score. Hit both ramps. Oh, God. Jokers. Wait, that game has drop targets? Jokers. Yes, it does. There's three three banks. What? For a total of nine drop targets. Why am I not picturing these? Where are they? You know, when I heard that answer, because uh, to give credit where credit is due, Zach comes up with a lot of these little puzzlers. And I kind of had the same, like, really? That has drop targets? So I had to go to IPDB and look it up. Of course, he owns the game, so, I mean, he's obviously going to know if it has drop targets in it. You know what I mean? But as three, three banks of drop targets. They are in the game. So if you look at the IPDB, you will see them. Oh, wow. It's got three, like, on the upper left. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can see them in the pictures. Yeah, do they do is. anything? It doesn't matter. <laughs> They're there. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my stumper. Oh, you knock all down to light a million, apparently. So if anyone knows of a game that has 10 or another game that has 9, let us know. But I believe Jokers takes the cake there. Wait, what about um, Laser... Or no, that's not System 11, sorry. No, that's System... Uh... Laser Q is System 7. Yeah. Ooh, what about Big Guns? Yeah. I think it has... It has targets on the upper, but I thought the lower were all stand-ups. Yeah, they are stand-ups. It's only it's only six. I'm just going to the mm-hmm. list. Of, I'm just going to the list of games now. No, no, the part. Okay, you're not supposed to look at IPDB. No, that's you the said, whole part I of guessed stumper. already. So now, okay. I'm say, now I'm so saying. now you're going to do the thing I told our listeners to do. Yeah. So you had a stumper, Bruce. I did. And it is what three games. Production or non-production use the System 8 board set. Wait, production or non-production? So you yes. want me to name games that don't even exist? Well, one, they had 12, actually. They were prototypes, and they all went out, and then they all were brought back in. So if you want to go, literally, there's two games that had the System 8 board set. What are the two games? 
Are they pinballs or like shuffle alleys? One is a pinball. Wait a second. Hold on. I'll go exactly by the description. Because I knew the one, but I didn't know the other one. One's a vertical pinball game. And one is a bat game. So this is this would be between System 7 and 9. So this is going to be somewhere around like 83, 84. Oh, Pennant Fever. You got That's the one. That's the pitch of it. And a Rat Race? Nope. Surely Raymond knows it. I I tuned out. I don't I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know what a system seven is. System eight. System eight. Eight. I have no Still crazy. Oh, still crazy is the name of the game. Yep, twelve units per production confirmed. Wow. Yep. They released. They were. They did a release sample run of a hundred, but the test results and the prototypes were not very promising, so they pulled back the sample runs. <laughs> release before they even left the factory, so only the 12 that were built. So what you're saying is there's a high probability the game sucked? Yes, it did. I, I guarantee you, if I didn't say to you pitch and bat, you would have been like, ah, what the heck? Uh, actually, no, I knew I knew Panic Fever. Okay, that's good. I knew Panic Fever, and I knew there's like a System 10 or something that's a shuffle, shuffle alley. I, one of those ones was like a shuffle alley. So that was Stumper. Now it's time for mail, and we don't have much mail this time. But we have um, Jim from Texas. Says, uh, I hope your friend brought the fifth stars. Oh, I hope your friend brought the fifth stars him a machine to stop. That's actually what it says. Oh, his machine, I think he meant. That way you would ask players to rate the tournament, they would have to rate it five stars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pinball Expo traveled by train versus plane. He traveled uh, from Expo to Syracuse. Yeah, from Expo to Syracuse, New York, by train. Train left at 9 o'clock in the evening, slept comfortably, arrived in Syracuse the next afternoon. See? So that was the train option. So the next part is how I always make fun of these eBay, eBay ads, how they're so screwed up with the terrible grammar. He says, I suspect so many eBay, eBay ads have completely trashed word choice. It's sellers using the mobile phone to place the ad and using voice recognition to dictate the ad instead of typing it. Sound familiar, Bruce? Yep. Congratulations on entering the second century of Slam Tilt. I've enjoyed on the most recent episodes. You have included an outtake at the very end. Reminds me of the stingers at the end of Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes after the closing credits. I think I found one, guys. Thank you, Jim. I think you found what? A game with 10. And that is what? Can't tell fully, but I think it's going to be... Word, that's a weird title. Can't tell fully. Well, the I bet problem you didn't is... sell very well. Pool Sharks. Pool sharks. Okay. I have to look it up myself with me. Come on. Oh, is that on System Eleven? Yes, it is. Oh, I. You know, I was. It's funny. As we were thinking of it, I was like, "Oh, it's probably that one game that has like." Pool, pool sharks is ten. Pool sharks has ten. Pool sharks is ten, ladies and gentlemen. Ten drop targets. It does. I'm trying to count them here. Where I count three on the left three side. Three on the left. Th- a four on the t- a four in the middle. And the other three on the right-hand side, it looks like I can't – that's what I was saying. I can't see it fully. But if you look at the full view last picture on IPDB and then you try to blow it up, you can't blow it up on that one. But you see there's three other – I don't think they're stand-ups because 
one I think is missing in the picture, so I think it is a drop target. Nope, nope. They're stand-ups. They're stand-ups? Mm-hmm. You sure? There's a picture right here where you can see it. Oh, no. Yep, I, I got the picture. It's one of the high-def ones. Blew it up. There are three green stand-ups. Damn. Damn. So, nope. That's seven. Oh, yeah, it is seven. Okay, yep, I see them now. It was just hard to see in that couple pictures. Fuck. Fuck. Sorry, Bruce. So, last uh, email we have from Dr. John. Dr. John. Old games like old people. Wow. So, he sent uh, a link. So, catch the uh, latest episode of Dr. John and Emily as they play Stars, which is actually Ryan C's Stars that they are keeping for him for now. So they streamed themselves playing Stars. So check it out. See the, one of the greatest games of all time, Stars. See why we love it so. Still looking. <laughs> so, oh, he's still looking. He really wants to find one with, with I do. 10 drop targets. So the split second sold, Bruce. Remember that? It was like 300 something dollars. Yeah, I know. It went for buku bucks. Went, from, went for $1,375. Yikes. Yikes. Zoinks. Hurry, 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 hurry. Split second, ladies and gentlemen. It's a $1,300 game. Amazing. 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 Would you or would you not buy that, boys and girls? Oh, you got some? All right. Do we have a butthole crane? No. No? Okay, here we go. Ready for your first number? I'm ready. 173. Four nine four, seven three four, seven one nine. Okay, we have a Playboy, Playboy pinball machine. Only three hundred and twenty dollars. Yes. Uh, the seller has one hundred percent positive feedback with five hundred seventy-eight items. Mm-hmm. And um, the pictures are, um, wait. Wait, wait. Okay, there's three pictures. What? No, there's like two and a half, maybe. Yeah, there's a back glass, which doesn't look like there's any scores behind it. Like, it looks like it's just a back glass. Mm -hmm. There's a picture of the apron. Then there's an actual picture of the play field. Mm -hmm. That has, is that a mousetrap on top of it? It is. Yes, it is. With cheese on it. So, wait a minute. Why would you say, like, there's probably mice here when you're selling the game? Mousetrap, mousetrap, cheese. There's literally a mousetrap with cheese sitting on no, top of the game. No, that's one of the fake cheese pieces. That's where you lay, because it it's not set, so that's the fake cheese. It's a plastic piece of cheese. Wait, why is there a mousetrap on the game? Is that for... What? what? <laughs> yeah, what, what's it there for? I couldn't tell you. Okay, well, the play field looks all right. Okay, let's read the description now. Oh, God, do I want to read the description? Oh, you're going to love it. All right. Bally Playboy Machine. The machine is not working. However, all lights work when plugged in. A professional repairman diagnosed the repairs to get it running, and the estimated cost is $800. The front board is not mounted. It was removed by the repairman for diagnosis but not reattached. The machine stopped working eight months ago. I can reassure you that the machine is complete. There's a mistake. He's reassuring me. He never assured me in the first place, so how is he reassuring me? <laughs> Think about that. He should just say, I can assure you that the machine is it's complete. It's just a brucism in the wild. Yeah. 
It is. With no missing parts and worked great when I used it and is in very good shape cosmetically, no shipping. Okay, now, Ron, what was the first picture you saw? The back glass. And? That's in the cabinet. Yeah. There's so no score missing? displays. Thank There's you. no score displays. Well, he's holding it up, though. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. No, he's he is. not. If you he look, is. At, look, if... It, look, look at his hand. His hand's on the left side, holding it up. He has it out of the game. He has it down. See how the other lights are? He doesn't have it elevated so you can actually see the score displays. Oh. But you Fail. would think if you're selling it, you would want to show that the displays are there. Yeah. Fail. You thought you were going to get on his case. Oh, I was going to get on the case. But yeah, that's uh, a... Actually, cosmetically, it doesn't it's look bad. bad. It's not bad looking. And it's $320, depending on what's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. If you're into Playboy, maybe if it doesn't go much. It has 38 watchers. Yeah. So would you buy that, Bruce? Repair, estimated repair cost. It sounds like it was. he said it was working, and then it just stopped working. What? What could possibly make $800 worth of work magically appear? I don't know. Displays? <laughs> yeah. That's 300 right there, or 250 if you get the LCDs, yeah. Little little gun shy on that one, guys. All right. Would you or would you not buy that for 320 I'd have to see it. Okay. Too much work. Well, you know, it depends. If it's literally one board is bad, you could get, like, a board yep. for a lot less than $800 and have the game back up and running. Agree. Yeah. Okay, ready for the next one? Sure. One five three, one four two, five six four, zero five seven. Okay, first I was going to laugh because of the ridiculous price, but then I see the words rare, one of twelve prototype, home use only. This is from a seller with a also hundred percent positive feedback. What, 192 items? It is a Stern Sega Golden Q pinball machine. This is the, um, what is it, Sharky's Shoot? Eight Ball Deluxe. It's Eight Ball. It is Eight Ball Deluxe, yes, but it's Kelly Packard's. And you know who Kelly Packard is, right? No. Do you know who Kelly Packard is, Raymond? Oh, uh, I, mm, I know you do. Familiar. Your generation would know it. Don't, I, I can't. I don't know right now. Baywatch? What? The girl from Baywatch. Wow. Why would his generation know it? He was probably like five when the show was on. Yes. Yeah. Come on, Bruce. Reruns. Re- reruns. Yep. Okay. So his golden cue. Oh, wait a minute. It's, oh, I thought that was a signature. Wow, this is a terrible back class. Yeah, well, if you look at the back, it actually says Joe Cow. Like like Joe Chemical's names and one of the back classes in the back. I like the uh, can you read this on the... Yeah. Um... That was actually done by Stern as a thing to make fun of that we knew about Pinball 2000 before you released it. Wow. Because if you read it, if you look at the reflection on the glass... Yeah, it says, can you read this? And, uh, and when, you know, because it was reflecting off the glass. Mm-hmm. That was the way Wait, of... So is there only 12 golden cues or is this a prototype golden cue? The Golden Q is a prototype where it was actually going to be linked up through the internet. You can actually use this through internet. And then they couldn't get Kelly Packard's they couldn't get Kelly Packard's licensing agreement all to go through, so that's why they made the they re-released it. And it was Sega that was doing this. And then Stern and Sega Sega sold. Stern took it over and then just did everything again in the Stern packaging. Because I think I saw this game at Indisc. I didn't know there was only 12 of them. Yes, it's a very rare game. 
Wow. Actually, it is. It is there. Because we saw it there, Bruce. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because you pointed it out. Yep. So, yes, you, you have one of the 12 you saw right there. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Yeah, it, it, man, it is 8-Ball Deluxe. It is. Holy shit, it's really 8-Ball Deluxe. It's great with a ramp. Yeah, a ramp where the inline drop targets would have been. Yep. <laughs> what the hell? It literally is a carbon copy. Yep. Wow. Yeah, even the eight ball shot is the same. Damn. Yep. The only thing they didn't do, what they should have done, was put a spinner on the left-hand side. Then it would have been perfect. No, there's three rollovers up top, though, not two. Yeah, true. And the magic eight ball. The magic eight ball. <laughs> it's only $5,000. Yeah, would you buy this, Ron? No. No. No, I would buy an eight ball deluxe. <laughs> or actually, I would buy I would buy an eight ball champ. Okay, last one, guys. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, one, two, three, two, two, five, three, four, five, three, three, five. Wow, just one, twos, threes, fours, and fives. Yeah, that is not the right number. I. I obviously did not enter the right number. What did you get? Look at what it can dispense. It says on the front. Napkins or tampons? <laughs> <laughs> Napkins. <laughs> A modus dispenser. Sanitary napkins. Ten cents school unit. <laughs> It's from Unlimited Rarities. Only $150. Would you buy this? It dispenses <laughs> no. napkins and tampons. Come on, Bruce. Of course. <laughs> oh, my God. It's got one washer. <laughs> Let's see. Vintage. So it's me because I watched it. <laughs> napkins and a tampons metal box dispenser. Has some scratches. No key, but open and door stays shut. Ten cents and knob turns. Oh, my. See what you can buy on eBay? Uh, not for $150, but it'd be interesting just for the, uh, Uh-oh, Bruce, the novelty. Bruce, what? People who viewed this item also viewed Star Wars Episode One. What have you been <laughs> I asking? know. I know. I would never look at that. <laughs> uh, on that note, I think it might be time to, uh, to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank Raymond for joining us again. For his annual Northwest Pinball Championships Victory Lap podcast. <laughs> it was only two. Thank you, Raymond. Um, thank you, thank you, Bruce, for stomp two. Oh, thank Bruce you. was the MVP once again. Why is that the MVP? Because you ran well, everything. Well, I try to do it right. No. You thank you for getting the games ready. Got the games ready. Um, they held up pretty good. I mean, as far as the positive things with Stomp. It wasn't a sweat box this time. No. Nope. Probably because we had less people, but we also had like turning games off in between rounds if you weren't playing them. AC, fo- a AC, little cooler yep. outside. And the bigger trash receptacle in the bathroom was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Last year I had more seating. I think it was less cramped than it was last year. Yep. Um, so there were positives, the improvements we made over last year. We would like to, I would like to get it done earlier. So we will continue to work on that. But we figured go big or go home with our little stars heads up competition. 
And uh, hopefully I will be putting together a highlights reel of that, basically just cutting out all the dead dead air from the that stream and putting it up on YouTube whenever I get time. Mm-hmm. So thanks, everybody. Thanks to all our fellow podcasts out there in podcast land. Thanks to Joe Newhart of Pinball Star Amusements, who he's the distributor for everything other than Stern. And then we have Mike Pupo of Flipper Fidelity for all your pinball sound needs. He is also a Stern distributor. Thanks once again to Raymond. We'll Thank see you, you after your next victory and whatever else you're winning, which will be, oh, Vancouver flip out. So after he <laughs> wins Vancouver flip out. Yes. Woohoo. Be the post uh, celebration victory laps as it, as it may be. Thanks, Steve Bowden, fun with bonus. We'll, we'll keep saying that. We missed Steve already. We missed Steve already. He was heading off to uh, his his Game of Thrones was being loaded that he won at Expo. I don't know how he hasn't opened that yet. Whenever I get a new game, I set it up that day. Yep, heading getting all his stuff off to Texas. Check out uh, hopefully the Riptide Pinball Podcast will be a new episode will be coming out soon. Again, check out the um, Twitch channel Twitch.tv/PinballPrincess to watch the uh, Stomp Finals. And um, oh, hi Zach. Hey, Zach. Anyone else, Bruce? Well, no, I think that's it. Okay, that's it. Say goodbye, Bruce. Goodbye, Chris Point. The last one. One five three. One five three. Five six nine. Eight seven six. Oh. Oh my goodness. Why? Why is it novelty? What? <laughs> it's it's a vintage coin op novelty condom machine dispenser. Ted's latex. Exactly. And you look, it's got a it's got a cowboy with a big cowboy hat, hat with a rather large hat, as in long. I like that you put a, a yardstick next to it so you could really measure it, you know. Did you read the comment underneath the guy? The comment underneath the guy. Oh, so I gotta look at the picture? Yes, you have to look at the picture. It's freaking All hilarious. Right, let's see the comment. The prophylactic equivalent to the ten-gallon hat. <laughs> A oh party my! <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! They actually made these things. This is incredible. I know. There's some cool stuff out there. Oh, does it just like dispense like a gigantic gigantic coming? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought that was funny. And again, on that note. <laughs>